That was a very good song choice for this lesson. Uh, did you notice that the verse above the song is in the scripture reading that we had in Romans 12? Um, but anyway, our lesson for today, good morning by the way, it is good to see all of you here today. The lesson for this morning is the seventh lesson in our series and today we are talking about growth in brotherly kindness. Growth in brotherly kindness. Let's go back to our text, 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5 through 9. 2 Peter 1, verses 5 through 9. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. All of these are to be a part of the Christian's life and help to characterize who he is, who a Christian really is. And as these are evident, Christ can be seen in the individual. We have been looking at this as a pattern, and certainly it is a pattern. Each one kind of leads one into another. Uh, adding these characteristics, as Peter suggests, helps us to piece them together and understand exactly how they work together. Uh, for instance, as you begin this list, we look at faith. Faith begins the list because without faith, none of these would be applied to the Christian walk, the Christian life. And if they're not applied to the Christian life, then they're just good things that we do. But each of these is important. With faith, however, these, character, these characterize someone who endeavors to be Christ-like. And certainly we do endeavor to be Christ-like. Our endeavor to be godly leads us to brotherly kindness, a love of the brethren. And our love for brothers and sisters in Christ helps us to understand the necessity of loving all. It almost seems that, that as we look at the church today, we find often that brotherly kindness is maybe not what it should be. Maybe it's not present in the way that it should be. And so we see the importance of brotherly kindness. As we look at each of these, it's important for us to, to recognize that godliness leads us to brotherly kindness. A desire to be like Christ is what leads us to brotherly kindness. And we have one more lesson after this, and that will be love. And we'll look at how that applies. Brotherly kindness definitely leads into love as well. Our lesson objectives for this morning, though, are to learn what brotherly kindness really means. To learn the value of brotherly kindness to the Christian life. And to learn how to apply brotherly kindness to Christian love. 
The latter will be further understood as we study Christian love in our next lesson. But we begin by looking at what is brotherly kindness. How do we answer that question? What is brotherly kindness? Have you ever heard of the city of brotherly love? Philadelphia, right? The Greek word that we have for brotherly kindness is Philadelphian or Philadelphia. And so it means basically that, brotherly kindness. It's also translated maybe better so as love for the brethren or love of the brethren. When we love one another as brothers and sisters in Christ, that is brotherly kindness. We see this used in various places throughout Scripture. 1 Peter 1, verse 22. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit, in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and verse 9, but concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. It's used in different ways in different places, not always as brotherly kindness. As a matter of fact, uh, depending on your translation, uh, very rarely, I think that might be the only place that brotherly kindness is used as a phrase. But more commonly as love of the brethren and brotherly love. But these mean the same thing. It's a love for brethren. Brotherly kindness is characterized by how we treat one another. Look at Romans 12, verse 10. Romans 12 and verse 10. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love and honor giving preference to one another. In verse 16 of the same chapter, Romans 12 be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Preference of serving others and their needs or desires before serving self. Thinking of others before self. That is the way that, that brotherly kindness is portrayed. So as we look at being brotherly kind toward one another, it's in light of the fact that we're not thinking about self so much as we are thinking about others. And as we do so, we are exhibiting brotherly kindness in our lives. Part of the Christian's service toward God is to treat one another with brotherly kindness. As we treat our fellow Christians with brotherly love, we are sharing with the world the value of Christianity. We are setting an example that is to be imitated and followed. So part of our, our duties as Christians is to be kind toward one another. Kind toward our brethren. And as we do so, we are showing others Christ.
For the rest of our lesson, I want us to spend time on, on just looking at what brotherly kindness really means from the Bible, the way that the Scriptures teach brotherly kindness and what we can learn. Without love, especially brotherly love, it is impossible for us to know God. Brotherly kindness is important because without love, without that brotherly love that we should have for one another, it is impossible for us to know God. Turn to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. And let's begin reading at verse 7. 1 John 4 verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God. For God is love. In this the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Verse 20. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, how can he love God, whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. If we do not love our brother, we do not love God. It's as simple as that. We cannot recognize fully the love of God and the love that God had for us in sending His Son to die for us. We can't know that kind of love unless we love the brethren in the same way. 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. By this we know love. By this we know love because He laid down His life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. John 15, verses 12 and 13. John 15, verses 12 and 13. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. If God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. As we are to grow in knowledge, especially that of God and Christ, so we must also grow in brotherly kindness and love for one another. Without brotherly love, how will the world know who we are? 
and what we stand for as Christians. You know, we wear the name of Christian and, and we do something with that name one way or another. You either show people what a Christian truly is or you show people what a Christian is not. But they still look at us as Christians. And our example tells them who we are. Who we belong to. So how is the world going to know that we are Christians if we lack brotherly love? John 13, verses 34 and 35. John 13, 34 and 35. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. See, the world comes to a knowledge of the Christianity that we believe and practice by our love for one another. Turn with me to John 17 for a moment. John 17. John 17, the whole chapter is devoted to the prayer of Jesus before His crucifixion. And there were certain things that he prayed for. And one of the things that he prayed for was us. There was a certain prayer that he had for us. He prayed for unity. And we understand that this unity is maintained in brotherly kindness and love. Let's look at verses 20 through 23 of John 17. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me, and the glory which you gave me I, I have given them, that they may be one, just as we are one, I in them, and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Notice here how many times Jesus uses the word one. That they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they also may be one in us. The world may believe that you sent me. That they may be one just as we are one. I and them and you and me. That they, may be, that they may be made perfect in one. We are to be one with one another. As we are to be, be one with God. Unity. Unity. That's what Jesus prayed for. That we be one. Not as the world would define one. Because the world has many different beliefs and, and yet the, the belief is that we're all going to the same place. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches us what we need to do to obey God's Word. And when we obey God's Word, then we are one. But there are many throughout the world who teach contrary to God's Word. 
that do not follow God's word. And they cannot be one with one another. Not as Jesus wants us to be one. Let's look at how unity between the brethren is maintained. Ephesians 4 verses 1 through 6. Ephesians chapter 4 beginning with verse 1. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. When we understand the oneness here that is expressed in Ephesians chapter 4, we understand that if we are believing and if we are practicing under these things that God has given us, that we are one with God. And not only are we one with God, but we are one with one another. Verse 2 says, With all lowliness and gentleness and long-suffering, bearing with one another in love. Many a congregation has been divided because brethren failed to bear with one another. When we endeavor to keep the unity that Jesus prayed for, when we endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, we bear with one another. We love one another. And as we love one another, we are united. The very existence of the church is hinged upon how we are unified and bonded together. Without this unity, the church becomes divided. We cannot be united. We cannot be one without brotherly love. Do brethren sin against each other? Sometimes they do. But when they do, forbearance and forgiveness keep unity and peace within the body. In such cases, repentance and reconciliation are necessary. But again, we bear with one another in brotherly love. Let's look at how we develop brotherly Kindness, developing brotherly kindness. Obedience to the gospel is the beginning of brotherly love. Let's look at First Peter chapter one and verses twenty-two and twenty-three. First Peter one, verses twenty-two and twenty-three. We've been studying primarily from Second Peter chapter one. But we see that these letters are, are linked in thought, at least, to some degree. 1 Peter 1, beginning with verse 22, Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth, 
through the Spirit, in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the Word of God which lives and abides forever. Peter actually begins teaching about brotherly love in this, the first epistle that he wrote. And from the time of our obedience onward, we are to learn how to grow in our kindness and love for the brethren. We begin when we obey the gospel. That's the start. But we must grow in that love. We must mature in that love and brotherly kindness. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verses 9 and 10. 1 Thessalonians 4 beginning with verse 9. But concerning brotherly love you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. And indeed you do so toward all the brethren who are in all Macedonia. But we urge you, brethren, that you increase more and more. They were to grow in their love for one another. They, he says, but concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you. They understood that, but they needed to grow in it. They needed to increase in it. As well as, as other things. But brotherly love was included in that list. Let's look at characteristics of brotherly love. These are all from Scripture. First of all, consideration of a brother who is weaker. Consideration of a brother who is weaker. Romans 15 verses 1 and 2. Romans 15 verses 1 and 2. We then who are strong ought to bear with the scruples of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification. Consideration for, for the brother who is weaker. 1 Corinthians 8, verses 7 through 13. 1 Corinthians 8, verses 7 through 13. However, there is not in every one that knowledge, for some with consciousness of the idol, until now eat it as a thing offered to an idol, and their conscience, being weak, is defiled. But food does not commend us to God, for neither if we eat are we the better, nor if we do not eat are we the worse. Listen to this, verse 9. But beware lest somehow this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to those who are weak. For if anyone sees you who have knowledge eating in an idol's temple, will not the conscience of him who is weak be emboldened to eat those things offered to idols? And because of your knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died? But when you thus sin against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never again eat meat lest I make my brother stumble. This is in regard to meat that had been offered to idols. 
It, it was not wrong to eat that meat because it's just that. It's meat. But if someone were to be offended by their eating of meat, Paul says that he would abstain from meat altogether so as not to cause a brother to stumble. Consideration for the weaker brother. Galatians 5, verses 13 through 15. Galatians 5, verse 13. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. We are to use caution when judging a brother. Look at James chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. 11 and 12. James 4 verse 11. Do not speak evil of one another, brethren. He who speaks evil of a brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who are you to judge another? For to be careful in our judgment not to speak evil of one another. Not to judge a brother wrongly. That doesn't mean that we can't judge completely. There is what we would call righteous judgment. There may be times when we need to judge whether or not a brother is faithful. So that we can go to them and bring them back if they have erred from the way. But we are to be very careful. We are to use caution when judging a brother. We are to care for one another. 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 15, or 14 and 15. 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 14 and 15. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good, both for yourselves and for all. Romans 14, verse 19, Therefore let us pursue the things which, God, which make for peace, and the things by which one may edify another. Or to take very great care and how we treat one another. And in regard to encouragement for God's people, Hebrews 13 and verse 1 simply says, Let brotherly love continue. Let brotherly love continue. And what can we do to further develop our love for the brethren? When we spend time with one another, we develop love for one another. We do a pretty good job of spending time with one another. One of the things that I love about this congregation, and ever since I can remember, we've always done this, 
but we've always gone out to eat after Sunday morning services. And that's one of the things that, that really draws us closer to one another. And I love when we do that. When we spend time together doing other things even. Sometimes we spend time together working on the building or, or maybe we have a, a, a dinner back here. Uh, whenever we do that, we are spending time with one another and we are growing in our love for one another. The more time you spend with one another, it just draws you closer to, to each other. Sometimes our, our friends are, are of the world and that's okay. But spending time with brothers and sisters in Christ is even better. When we pray for one another, we grow in our love for one another. It's hard to be angry. It's hard to be spiteful. It's hard to, to be mean-spirited when you're praying for your brothers and sisters. So that encourages us to love one another. Our motivation for growing in brotherly kindness, I think, is found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 9 through 12. 1 Thessalonians 4, beginning with verse 9. But concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another, and indeed you do so toward all the brethren who are in all Macedonia. But we urge you, brethren, that you increase more and more. And this is the part that we haven't read yet. That you also aspire to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, and to work with your own hands as we commanded you, that you may walk properly toward those who are outside and that you may lack nothing. Our brotherly love keeps our brethren a priority in our service to God and in service to others. Our service is, uh, is just that. It is a service to God, living as we have been called to live. Our brotherly love is an example to those outside of the church. An example of how they themselves should live. An encouragement for them to become a part of God's church. We are an example to those outside. We are seen by the world and the way in which we live is of great importance to them and to God. Let's close by going back to the beginning. 2 Peter chapter 1. Let's read verses 10 and 11. 2 Peter 1 verse 10. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will neither, neither stumble. You will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. As we continue in all the things in this list, including brotherly love, we are making our call and election sure. We are firmly founding our faith on Christ. And as we serve Him, as we serve Him faithfully, 
we are granted entrance into this everlasting kingdom. We are part of that kingdom today. And that kingdom is to be translated into heaven, the eternal kingdom. But we must remain faithful. And so, I ask you, are you a faithful child of God? Have you obeyed the gospel? Have you been baptized for the remission of your sins? Have you been faithful in following the words of God? Maybe you need help. Maybe you need to ask for prayer or for forgiveness for something that you've done. We always offer the Lord's invitation and maybe you're subject to that invitation. Not my invitation to give, it's Christ's. But if you're in need of responding, we would be glad to assist you. As together we stand and as we sing.